They want me to change, they want me to change, but I ain't changing, nah. And you are now tuned into another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio, brought to you by M3S3 Clothing, Men Make Moves and Suckers Stand Still, and as always on the Mighty 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 Nerd DJs Radio Network. Yo, I don't know why my intro was glitching like that, but screw you to whoever screwed up my intro. Anyway, you know, you know, and you know, I only have legends on the show, and today is absolutely no different, man. We got the man, the myth, the legend. I am, and, and and when I say I'm trying to be like him, I don't mean that in a, you know, like, low-key dissing you type way. I mean, with the utmost respect. I mean, this guy has done it all. Been podcasting since 2011. Has met everybody. Had d- d- Let me just get T-Rex on the show so we can get to chopping it up. What's good, bro? How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How about you? Thank I'm you for right, having man. me on the show. <sighs> Man, it, it is, it's an honor, bro. You know, how's your family? Uh, we're doing well. Uh, God bless. Uh, you know, these last three years, they've been hell on all of us. Uh, I lost my parents, uh, sister, my two favorite aunts, cousins. and But, you know, God is good in a way. And we're all doing well. My wife, my children, uh, siblings, uh, everybody's doing well so far. I'm sorry to hear about all the losses, too. Um, unfortunately, I lost both my parents, too, in the last three years. Oh, I'm sorry so, to hear that, too. Yeah, so I, I know exactly how that is, man. Um, it, yes. Life changes a lot after that. I know. I know. Man, man. I was lost for a moment, man. Like, like when I had lost my dad, I lost him this year to uh-huh. dementia. I felt kind of lost for the first couple of months or whatever. But uh, I feel like I'm back to myself now. Okay. Uh, what's the biggest thing that, that, that as a father, you've taken from your father? My father was very tough. No matter what the situation was, he always stood his ground. And he was a great example of someone that worked hard all the time. Uh, when I was growing up, I can remember him getting up 3, 4 in the morning to go to work. And then uh, – He'll work up until, you know, the afternoon. He'll come home, take care of business at home. Um, anything that was broken, he would be the one to fix it. He hardly didn't call anybody to come fix anything regarding the car or the house or anything outside. And so he was very smart. Uh, he had, had an IQ as a genius. So oh, wow. whatever he wanted to learn, I mean, he was a very fast learner and he was able to do it. And I feel like that I have taken some of that from him, um, the quit learning part. It took me a while to get the toughness in because I, I, I'm an empathetic person. <laughs> and, and, you know, I try to sympathize with everybody too. But once he had passed away, I felt that toughness come to me. It's almost like like he was inside of me along with my mm-hmm. mom. Like my mom, she loves to talk and she was very opinionated and, and she didn't care who she was talking to. She was going to just be you know, genuine the whole time. And so I take that from my, my mom as well. Uh, but my dad, my dad was very tough. Uh, he was from Chicago. Um, so he, he instilled some of that Chicago toughness in me. And I carry that right now. And I, I pass that along to my children. I feel you on that one. My, um. So you've been podcasting since 2011, you said, right? 
Yeah, yeah. That that was the the beginning stage is when podcasters were frowned upon. Oh my god, <laughs> by the <man>. industry. <laughs> yeah, man. And we both started off on Blog Talk. Oh, yes. do you remember what, the, your first show? What was that like? Man, I did my first show from my bedroom. Um, it was a thirty-minute show, and I had a local artist from my area that was on the show, and I was nervous. I was nervous. I, I didn't have any kind of equipment but a laptop and one of those computer microphones. <laughs> oh, shit. You was better than me. I just had my phone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I started off like that, and I never realized where it was going to go because the vision that I had at the time, I wanted to help the people in my area mm-hmm. uh, because we, I was living in a small town at the time, and the only way to get your music heard, you had to go up to Atlanta or any other big city or whatever. So that was my goal initially. But then four months after that, I got contacted by the Hype Magazine to come on as a podcaster with them as well. And so we teamed up and then I went from interviewing local artists to mainstream major artists. So <laughs> this is that four months time of ever doing any kind of radio or podcast show. I was already interviewing Warren G and Twister, uh, people from Brit Squad, uh, uh, some of the up-and-coming artists from Young Money, Cash Money, and it was just a surreal experience. At what t- at what point did you stop being nervous? <laughs> to be honest, it hasn't left me. Like it, it's weird. Like when I do a podcast now or anything, I'm mm-hmm. nervous for like the first five minutes because I'm I'm thinking of every scenario that can go right or wrong. So that way I am mentally prepared for whatever outcome. I know if you've been on blog talk radio, shows drop, calls oh drop. Oh and like God. I lost I lost two episodes because the, the show just dropped. I had the Hudson twins on. Uh, I lost that interview. Yes, I, I lost that interview. I was so disappointed in that. But that's just the kind of mindset that I have. Yo, I remember uh, I had Bill Duke on, and the audio was just ass. Like, it was just <laughs> so, and you know, like, like sometimes, most of the time, you can go to Audacity and fix it. Right, right. That shit was just, man. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't have a heart to even call the man back. I still have it. And be like, hey, can we redo it? You know, right. it's just one that, oh, I still kick myself about that. Even though it wasn't my fault, I didn't do anything wrong. You know, right. um. The hype magazine. So, so who who's actually running the hype magazine? Jamila Wilkerson is the CEO. She's the brains behind the magazine, and our editor in chief is Jared Doby. I kind of call myself the general because, you know, I, I started off with podcasting from them, and then I started writing articles, and then started doing a television show with them back in 2020 called DJ Dance Party that we are still currently doing now, but it's more of a podcast right now for the second season. So Jamila, she has been running a magazine since it started uh, 2002 from out of Indianapolis, Indiana. And she moved the operation to Atlanta probably a little little more of about 10 years ago. But, you know, I connected with them in 2012 and I have been with them ever since. So this is my 11th year with the Hype Magazine. Damn, bro. Yes. Oh, so who is the the interview where you were like, okay, 
I'm that guy. Not necessarily arrogantly, but a little arrogant. Like, I, I, okay, I'm that guy now. Probably when I had Warren Geo, you know, that, like I said, that was just four months into me doing a podcast. That was back in April 2012. And so I felt like, oh, man, this is going to be great. I'm going to go start interviewing all these big major <laughs> artists and stuff. But it didn't happen that way, which I understand everything is a process. But just to be able to interview people like that, that kind of gave me some credibility to where it was starting to get easier to reach out to artists or or PR to get people on the podcast after they seen me interviewing Twister and, and Warren G. I've been trying to interview Twister for so fucking long, bro. <laughs> just disrespectful at this point. Because, uh, <laughs> you, you know what? I, what I try to do, I try to, uh, like, I'm big on, on guns. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't care how big I'll ever get. I'm going to always have, you know, black-owned gun shops, black-owned gunsmiths, whatever you want, you know, whatever you into as far as guns and how you own the shit. And Twister is like, dude is like super into the Second Amendment and everything. Yes. So. We're going to try to make that happen. Uh, I still have some contact with them. If you want them in, on your show, I'll I, 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 I see what I can be do. crying a little bit. I'll go pray about it first, but I'm going to see if I can get them on your show, though. <laughs> All right. So what you, 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 what are you, president of the Next Level DJ Coalition? What exactly is the Next Level DJ Coalition? Next Level DJ Coalition is a team, or it's really a family of DJs, models, promoters. Uh, we come together like Voltron to not only just promote artists, but also promote the DJs and the models that's included uh, in our brand. And we have a roster about 10, well, about a thousand members, over a thousand members uh, that's with our Next Level DJ Coalition worldwide. And so it just, open up doors, opportunity to network, and also for artists to funnel their music to radio DJs, club DJs, uh, serious SM DJs. We, we have everybody that's affiliated with us. So it, it just, it give us a competitive advantage uh, to help take, take you to the next level. So um, I took the role of a uh, president mm-hmm. back in June, uh, shout out to Knott's Bun. Um, he gave me the role. Uh, Manny Mad Dog was the president before I was. And shout out to him. That's that's one of my uncles in the entertainment industry. Okay. So I, I learned a lot just from, you know, the way Manny was uh, running the presidency of Next Level. And so now I'm in the seat now. And so I'm just trying to use my uniqueness and righteousness to, you know, to run it correctly. At what point does does morality overtake finances i think morality always should be above finances um so you so there's never a point where you like okay you know what i personally i don't believe in what this person is saying but they 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 got a big bag right well me money doesn't move me at all Mm -hmm. like money is the but like always the last on my list for anything is is, you know regarding motivation or trying uh to help others i do value my you know my morals and my values more than uh what people are bringing to the table as far as a bag but you know we all have flaws we are all not perfect at all so i never place judgment on anybody so i will work with anybody because you never know. I could change somebody's life or they could change my life. 
But at the end of the day, I do want to try to get them to the kingdom. There's some people I wouldn't fuck with. <laughs> it's just it is. Oh, um, however, you have to be so far. Oh, I would not fuck with Gabrielle Union. Just would not. I know I shouldn't say her name and yeah, her, but I, I, I would understand. not. I just, yes. Oh, other than that, oh, Black Thought. I don't think I'd ever let him on the show. Okay. <laughs> not, 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 I've told this story a million times, and uh-huh. I, and I hate. I don't want to take too much of the interview. Um, oh, it's okay. But yeah, I met the I met the roots one time here in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And Black Thought was fashionably late and you know, he just was so Hollywood at the time. And this was fucking twenty years ago. And my petty ass just can't let go of it. Dude dude's a great person, I'm sure. He's a phenomenal artist. He's won everything and did everything. It just I'm so petty. And I, I, <laughs> if he called and was like, I'm coming on your show, I'd be like, Yeah, okay. But I'm gonna talk shit about him when he comes on the show. <laughs> Oh yes, oh yes. He, he has thick skin. He, he can take it. He can handle it. Oh, <laughs> uh, an interview that went wrong for you. Well, and you don't have to say no names. Well, I had an interview, and I had a co-host that was on the show with me, and we was interviewing some of the cast members from uh, Black Ink. I think it was Black Ink, New York that we was interviewing uh, two of the cast members and uh, these cast members had a baby together and they had a daughter, but <laughs> the co-host was calling the daughter a boy. So it got kind of awkward <laughs> when they corrected him, man. It just kind of, I had, I had to edit, of course, you know, after the show was over, I had to edit some stuff out because <laughs> it, it was going south really fast. Uh, that's all the way that I can remember that comes to my mind other than shows that's dropping or being What's in the, the middle of the conversation like that with you and your co-host after the show? Well, I, I was like, I understand. I like, it, it was funny. It was funny. <laughs> I think they forgave him out after that, after that happened or whatever, because uh, it ended well. Okay. But I was just laughing about it, and he was like, man, I am so sorry. I said, it's okay. It is okay. Like, things like that just happen, you know? Yeah. I've, I've called, <laughs> I think we've all misgendered a baby at some point. You know, like, <laughs> they all look the same at six months old, you know? The, the color may give it away, but, you know, as far as what they got on, well, the kids look right. the same. Right. You know, I'm growing to who they are for a couple of years anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so when you started out, what were your goals? And and which ones have you accomplished thus far? Well, as far as helping local and regional artists, I felt like I have accomplished that. Uh, okay. I still, even though I'm not living in that area physically, I still help artists in that area because that's where I'm from. Um, near the Auburn, Alabama area. I live in a town called Valley, Alabama, which is on the Alabama and Georgia state line. Uh, oh, so those you, got, you got, you got, you got folding chairs in your house then, huh? Oh yes. Oh yes. That, that's a, that's a new, new, uh, symbol for the state of Alabama now. Folding chairs. <laughs> so, I'm yeah. sorry. Hey, you always got to keep, you I always got to keep one of those. You know, I got one in the back of my truck there just in case. <laughs> I'm kidding though. I'm kidding. But that was one of my goals, and I feel like I accomplished that. And then two, 
being a podcaster, you kind of a promoter by default. You know, at the time you're doing a show, you promoting the show or the people that's coming on. So I've grown into that to just pretty much share everybody's stuff. Even if I don't get my stuff shared back, I share people's stuff anyway. And so as a promoter, that opened more doors too, as far as reaching out to uh, venues and everything and, and making appearances there. And so that helped out a lot. Like I never was thinking about the bigger picture at the time mm-hmm. to where I am today uh, with the, the hype magazine and uh, going on to doing stuff with TMZ live. And it's, it's a blessing uh, to be able to do this because back five years ago, I tried to quit all of this. I actually had walked away from podcasting and entertainment for a while because uh, I have an IT background and I've been in information technology for 24 years. Mm-hmm. So that's like my bread and butter. So I was w- willingly and ready to walk away from it. But when you have a purpose and you know that it's your purpose, it's, it's hard to get away from it. And I just felt like God want to be back in this industry. So I came back full force 2020 and I've been very consistent since then. And, you know, I, I, I definitely give thanks to my Lord and Savior and God. What, what made you want to quit, though? Just the stress of it. You know how cutthroat this industry is. I know all industries have some cutthroat, but it just seems like it's a lot more in this industry. And by me being a sympathizer and, and empathetic, seeing artists and people just, you know, getting hurt by janky promoters and, and, and bad record deals, as a human, you got to feel bad because people are trying to come into this industry to make it, to be able to feed their families or create generational wealth. So when they pass away, their kids and their kids and their kids can benefit off of it. But when you got people that are trying to sell you a dream, it's mm-hmm. just, it just, it hurts. And then you get to the point where you be like, I'm, t- I'm just tired of dealing with this industry and I just wanted to walk away. But two years later, I was back in it, and but this time I have a, a different mindset as far I know stuff like that's going to happen, but I can't focus on that. I got to focus on what I need to do. You know, the crappy part about that, though, is at least from what I've seen a lot of is a lot of the people that get shitted on mm-hmm. end up shitting on other people. Oh, yes, it's contagious. It's like a domino effect. After and they while, use getting shitted on as an excuse. Well, this is the way things are. It right. happened to me. Right. Like you could change that. You didn't. You didn't work past that. You didn't evolve. You, but you didn't evolve. You devolved. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it is easy. It's easy to fall into that trap. It because you see everybody else doing it, and you see people that's actually making millions of dollars doing it, and you be like, man, if I just had that mindset, I could. I could make that too or whatever. But you know, you just got to be yourself. That's a, that's the best part, or best part of living in general. Just be yourself because it's a lot of people that are trying to copy one individual or several individuals, and not just really trying to tap into what you can do and what you can bring to the table. I think that the the trauma podcast, for lack of a better term, the motherfuckers just screaming and yelling and 
gotta always have the clickbait shit. I think that's that's dying down some. And I think honesty and listening are becoming attractive to people. People wanna allow you know, they wanna hear what the guest has to say. And they don't, you know, like the clips are dope, you know, like you know, right. but at the end of the day, when you go into work and you listen to a podcast, you wanna be able to listen. Right. <laughs> you want to hear do, people shouting. <laughs> oh, my God. Who do you listen to? Well, I definitely have been checking you out uh, since we crossed paths. Uh, Joe Rogan. Really? Yes. I, I like Joe Rogan, too. He, he He's one of the GOATs because he stayed consistent. I know he's in his over. I think he has done over two, maybe 2000 episodes or whatever. I was telling everybody I'm right behind him. I probably have done at least a thousand, either executive producer or actually done. So, mm-hmm. you know, every day that I'm like, I'm the, the black Joe Rogan, but I, I'm T Rex though. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Mike Tyson, uh, Hot Boxing, that, that, is, that is a great podcast. Uh, I, I watched that on YouTube as well. He, he's very insightful, very, he's very smart, very intelligent. And so he has had guests from, everywhere and watching him and joe rogan you know your show uh shout out to money matt he does a show with uh, the hype magazine too who stop beefing radio I, I watch watch his podcast too uh it's great to see people that's evolving in this industry mm-hmm. and like you were saying people want to have conversations that's why podcast is very popular now and you have uh, former musicians that have started podcasts and, and thriving because people want to hear the backstories about what you've been through and not just what you see on TV because TV is not always reality. Yeah, man. Stop stop doing that shit. Stick, <laughs> stick, stick, stick to singing, man. You, you're killing us out here. Right. You know, like, it's like, like, oh, well, you know, I ain't went platinum in 10 years. I Let me take your job. Yeah, man, they try to it, take bro. it. Oh try to take God. it. We can't let them do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, we gotta we gotta rise together. All podcasters rise together. Oh, we need a union or some shit. The original podcaster. Oh my God. I think I let me see. I probably got like 850. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the tank, some somewhere around there. I ain't officially added them up yet, you know, in a while, but it, I'm I'm definitely, you know, north of eight hundred. Okay, congratulations yeah. to you. That's a lot of audio lot. and hard work. People Yo. don't understand that. People just don't understand how Yo. how hard it is. I don't think people understand how addictive it is. Yes. Like, yes. I've been through a lot of shit in life, and it's like, man, I can't miss this podcast day. Right. It has nothing right. to do with the other person. It's just at this point now, it's like, I need to be, it, it's just a compulsion. Oh, yes. Uh, Am I nuts? No, you're not nuts at all. I know at one time I was doing like three or four podcasts a week, even though that was differently themed, mm-hmm. but just doing like one hour shows to up to three hour shows, four days out the week. That you did three hour shows? Yes. You know, once What'd you start you... talking, you can, them, them minutes just roll off the clock really fast. And that depends, man, because some it people depends, are, yes. are extremely, Look, bro, like, I'm not going to lie. There have been a couple of shows where I'm looking at the clock because they're boring as hell. Or you pulling pulling the ounce out of <laughs> Oh, my God. It's, and it's like, bro, you agreed to come on the show. Right. I, now, now, if something went on and you need to cancel, just tell me. But don't just come on the show 
uh, or somebody you clearly know that they so high that they should have just canceled. Right. I've, I've, <laughs> I've had that before, man. <laughs> two factor media. What 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 is two factor media? Two factor media is formerly the Live by Terrence Network, but I turned this into a media company, a nonprofit media organization. It's a way to help incoming artists or incoming talent no matter if you're just an artist or author or whatever you're doing to step into the media world as far as getting interviews uh email blasts or just in a in a way to help you uh with advice on how to become an artist as far as like the paperwork Mm -hmm. you know signing with ascap or bmi and just learning the media world the right way and not just jumping into it because it's hard to do an interview like like you said people are nervous when they're doing interviews so i use my platform for people to come on to work those jitters out so when you are on an fm station satellite radio or anywhere in the world you have a better grasp of what the media circus is like <laughs> what's the biggest advice that you give people as far as interviews go just be patient, be yourself. Um, you know, we're not trying to steal any information from you or take your blueprint and run with it, but just be yourself because a lot of us want to know who you are outside of the facade that you put on or the mask you put on when you're on TV, when you step outside the door. We want to know what makes you laugh or, or what struggles you have been through and how you overcome this stuff. And so, that's that's pretty much how I like to engage with people that's on my podcast is try to get to know them as a human being versus talking about all the, the entertainment stuff or the gossip that's going on. I always try to go the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. I do my homework. I see what kind of interviews that uh, artists have been in prior to coming on the show. So I take that experience to help newer artists or newer talent that wants to get interviewed so that way they know and know what not to do are there topics you tell them to stay away from oh no it's open forum uh first amendment i i don't curse all, all my shows but i don't stop anybody else from expressing themselves because i like like i was telling you i want everybody to be unique there's no strings attached no judgment and I just want them to be themselves. If they come on saying dropping f bombs every third word, that's fine. But that's, I just just want to want to get to know the person, <laughs> the person and the purpose. That's that that's my purpose <laughs> in doing a podcast. Have you ever inter- interviewed anybody and where they were going with the interview? You knew was going to be harmful to what they were trying to do future wise. And you change directions for them. Well, I interviewed uh, a reality star. I'm not going to say in the names or the show years ago. And the interview was kind of went from the person I was interviewing to somebody else that was on the show. And they was trying to spill the beans about what really happened on one of the scenes that was on the show or whatever. And so that kind of went went left a little bit, mm-hmm. but I was able to take control of the show, and, and the show went well from there. Uh, it's all about, like I said, just want people just to 
express themselves but not you know viciously attack somebody else to get ahead or, or whatever else they have coming up in the future you know I, um i interviewed a brother little salty rest in peace to that guy he recently passed mm-hmm. away and i was telling him basically that i do the same thing like i don't i don't do gotcha interviews and if i feel like you're saying something that's going to be harmful to you I redirect you. And his premise was that person is responsible for that person. It's your job to elicit responses. Mm -hmm. What they happen to say is on them because the, the wilder they say shit, the more it may benefit you as a brand. That's what you're here for is to get the truth and to to expand your brand. If they say goofy shit, that's on them. Right. And you know, like I'm I'm like, well, I don't want to wake up the next day and I went viral, but I ruined a career. Do you ever worry about that? Uh, not really, because I come with the mindset that I'm gonna make this show a positive show, mm-hmm. yeah, high energy, upbeat. So I come in smiling, yeah, just just really just being open and and honest about everything and try not to ask those questions that you can bait people in because it's easy to ask a loaded question to bait somebody into anything and you get the response that you want so i always try to find a positive out of the negative situation they might have been in and just try to keep it upbeat so now i really don't worry about that too much do you get angry yeah, I get angry. Yes, I, I, everybody get angry. Nigga, I have talked to in a long <laughs> ass time, bro. Yes. See, I tell everybody I'm genuine, but don't cross me. <laughs> <laughs> then, you, then you'll see you'll see the angry, the angry side of me. But yeah, I get angry. Um, we all do, and with anger, sometimes you might have irrational thoughts and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. I, I get I get angrier now and then, but I try to try to keep that in. Uh, as I got older, I just don't have the energy and the time to to, to be aggressive like that. Uh, I, I can be right. mad and angry, but you know I try not to react to it. I feel you on that. I know you've seen the video though. You in, you you from Alabama, right? <laughs> yes. I, I know you see the video. Did, was you cheering like the rest of us? Well. Not necessarily, but I was happy to see that someone jumped in to help the security guard versus everybody pulling out their phones and just standing around watching him, you know, get handled and stuff. I actually been on that riverboat uh, with my wife and friends, too. So I'm very familiar with that area. But just to see that unfold and to see people come to help, that's just show you that as a community and a culture that we all can come together, not just for that, but for everything else too. Mm-hmm. strength in numbers. Like it can really be a positive effect from such an unfortunate event that we can just put our egos to the side and our pride to the side and we can come together to where what you saw on that video, you could do that in the boardroom or, or in your community, like that kind of energy, like, you you see the potential if everybody would just come together like that 
And I don't think it was an unfortunate incident, though. I think we were fortunate. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was unfortunate for the guys that thought they was they was gonna yeah, get away with ass it. whooped. Yes. Right. But, and you should get your ass whooped. Right. Oh yes, yes. I, yeah. I told my wife that you know if I was in the area, I would have I would have jumped in to help the security guard too. Yo, like, oh boy, what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. You know, you, you can't you can't watch anybody get there, get jumped on by a bunch of people. It don't matter what what color they were. I mean, it could have been, uh, you know, five African Americans, him or whatever, still would have jumped in to help the security guard because that that's just not not right by oh. any means. Ooh, that's a okay. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> See that. <laughs> and you know what? Because the fear is, is let's say the security guard was a white dude. He was getting jumped on by five brothers. First mm-hmm. off, law enforcement is going to react to those five brothers completely different than they reacted to the white folks. Absolutely. And the fear among even even good principled people, the black folks would be their their first thought is if I help that guy, they're going to treat me like I was the aggressor, regardless of whether I was helping. We've seen it time and time again. Somebody goes to help a white person who's in distress and the Mm -hmm. police come in and body slam their ass. Mm -hmm. And after they handcuffed and beat up, the white person is like, no, that person was helping me. Well, you didn't got beat up now. Right. You know, so... I, I get what you're saying. Um, I definitely would. It would be some hesitance. Oh yeah, not necessarily because I don't it, want to it, do it the right hesitant. thing. I just don't want to get my ass whipped by the popos and be involved in some shit that ain't my business. Right. Yeah, you will hesitate in that situation, but yeah. I think for the most part, if it was like it was on the video, uh, that probably been in a hesitation. You got. You got. So your co-host Gigi, right? Uh, oh yeah, uh, DJ Gracie Grace. Where did I get Gigi from? Oh, well, I mean, this <laughs> that's fine too. DJ I, Gigi. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, Gracie Grace. Though, don't get mad at me. It was an accident. I didn't. <laughs> Yo, um, how long have y'all been doing the show together? And how did y'all come to be? Well, she's the vice president of Next Level DJ Coalition, and so. Uh, I have been looking for a co-host, and so I, I just asked her. This was her second show, actually. Uh, oh wow! Yes, so yeah, she just jumped right on in, and she's doing very well, and it's opening up doors for her too, as well mm-hmm. as being a podcaster because you get to talk to the, the artists, communicate with them, and it's not just all about the music. Now, now you you going into a different realm where you're getting to know them outside of the business. Do you practice before she's uh, officially on air, or do you just just let it happen? I do everything from the dome. No written questions. Uh, I wanted to be as natural as possible, almost like being on a phone call or, or something like that. And that's just the way I approach it. Uh, I just wanted to be natural and not feel like it's forced. But we have had people on the show that be like, I want to send you these list of questions and these are questions I want you to ask. But (laughs) what I would do, I'll probably ask the first two and then just go out script. So everything that I do is unscripted. Like I've, I've had some politicians on the show Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I kind of, I don't have a problem with them doing that because that's just a necessary evil. 
because right. they're fully aware that their job is on the line based Absolutely. on every question. So I get that. Or they don't necessarily send you the questions. They want you to send your questions to them. And they they send them back. Okay, no, yes. bro, don't, don't ask this shit. You can ask that. That's cool. Don't say this. Blase split. But like I've had, yeah, I've had some people that I'm like, bro, uh, you sold twelve albums. <laughs> what do you care what I ask you? Like, <laughs> you asked me to be on the show. You know, it's like that. Like there's some right. people where you just like, bro, I'm. <laughs> I'm not. I'm doing you a favor, but you know you want right. to think that way. But I'm doing you a favor. Like, stop right. it. Is pe- are people doing too much? Uh, but I, I have had guests in the past that will whisper or tell me before the show, "Don't ask me about this," or "Okay," or, or "We're not going to talk about this." And so, I'm cool with that. If you come up to me up front mm-hmm. and, and say that, a lot of times I would ask the guests, "Is there anything off limits?" And if yeah. it's not, I'm, I'm not going to be messy anyway, but I just want to make sure that I don't ask a question that's in that area that they don't want to talk about. Are there some questions that where you feel like, okay, the elephant is so big in the room that I normally wouldn't want to ask this, but I'd be remiss if I don't? Yeah, yeah. Um I had a, I had a couple of interviews like that. Just wanted to know the background of a certain family or whatever, mm-hmm. even though they don't want to uh, get too much into it. Just, I guess you can call it nitpicking a little bit, <laughs> just to get enough information to satisfy what you was thinking or what you wanted to ask. Um, some shit needs to be asked, though, bro. Yeah, it does. Yes, and and, and some people, you know, like. And I'm one of those people too. If you you know, tell me what you don't want to talk about. Right. Now, if there's something like, let's say, just throwing this out there, you've been accused of something. It's all over the headlines. Mm-hmm. The whole world knows about this accusation. For me to get you on the show and I ask you about that accusation, it it does me a disservice. Because now people are like, okay, you just a patsy for, 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 for your guests. Which nobody wants to be walked over. Now, right. whether you say, hey, my lawyer said don't talk about this. And and I may preface the question like that. Hey, I know your lawyer is probably telling you. Like, I may give you an out. Right. But I got to ask that question. Or, and I'm just going to hang, when we get up, when we get done, I'm going to feel stupid. Like, like, when you leave questions on the table, do you kick yourself after the show? Always, always. Especially when you go back and listen to it, or listen oh, to you your, listen to your shit. Sometimes, sometimes I do. Oh, I hate me. I do too. I <laughs> <laughs> I hate listening to me, bro. Like I don't like my voice. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I kind of got used to it now, but yeah, it, it feels weird when you listen to yourself, and then when you get into editing the video or the audio and stuff, and you're like, man. Obvious. See, my shit's live, so I get away with not having to edit anything. But yes. I do, you know, I do make clips after the show. Yes. And I just, oh, man, it's like every time I hear myself, it's like fingernails on chalkboard. <laughs> just... Yeah, I got used to it over the years now. It, it doesn't really bother me as much now. I guess after I uh, did the television show with the hype, it, it just it felt okay after that. 
Cause seeing myself on on TV, I'm like, oh man. <laughs> yo, yo, what's that like though? Like, especially like being on TMZ. Like, what's that like? TMZ, it, it's crazy. We have we talk about pop culture news. Really, most probably ninety nine percent of it doesn't really make any sense of why we even talking about it. But just give commentary about what's going on in people's lives that really should matter anyway it, it's it's a fun it's fun and it's exciting to be able to commentate about your favorite people i have commentated about meek mills or charlie sheen or sean mendez why is charlie sheen not in prison that's a good question <laughs> i'm just saying hey, i'm saying a lot, a lot of people <laughs> under uh, in the same scenario they they, they got the high five and was acting like they didn't have it and went out there and kept doing their business and got locked up money and fame is power it's power like if you have either one of those you, you could you can get away with a lot of stuff and you know with his deep pocket his fame he was able to rem uh maneuver around that but a common person yeah if you've been in jail yeah you pretty much be locked up for doing you that. The, you ever get a call from your wife, or or when you when you get off the show, your wife has been listening, and she she gives you that look, and you know, you're not sure what you said. She said something she didn't like. That's why the headphones are your best friend when you <laughs> <laughs> when you're doing podcasting, because you never know what what your guest is gonna say or what your response is going to be to to it. So uh, I really haven't had that issue. Well, see, you're, you're such a nice guy, man. I, <laughs> not always, though. But, like, a, yeah, I'm for a, the most part. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm I'm not a mean person. Right. I, I have a tendency to put my foot in my mouth, though. And it's like I sometimes, sometimes I forget. Okay, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't say that. I don't care. I'm. I'm. This is a job for me. This is my yes. gig. I should be able to say, you know, like uh, Howard Stern. Absolutely. Love his wife. The, his wife doesn't say. The dude says the most outlandish shit that any human being can possibly say. Yes. Now, granted, he's making millions of dollars, so that may have something to do with it. Um, but like, why should we be judged off of? what we say at work do you look at this as work yes and no because i have a passion for it so i look at it as a it's a job and i tie it in as a hobby too because i like to do it and and this field you know we have shop job radio which is like howard stern yeah uh, just to get people riled up or whatever whatever yeah. it is uh, I don't see any problem with it. If if that's what you're doing, you're gonna have an audience for it. Like I like Howard Stern. Like I know he has had all kind of characters on his shows, but then you know I listen to Steve Harvey. I like Steve Harvey, uh, Tom Joyner when, when he was um doing radio. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it shouldn't matter because it is our job and. If we want to know something, we shouldn't be afraid to ask it. 
especially if, if we have them on and that's like you said that's something that's going on and the people wants to know and then they are a public figure it's an open I, arena to baby to ask ask whatever i will say uh with howard stern i don't necessarily like how far he goes yeah with a lot he, of shit. Mm -hmm. but i'm a little jealous of the freedom like right. he he literally like he doesn't have to think about a question yeah some people just on different levels like i know we we would have to think like we couldn't do or say even half the stuff that has been said on his shows without you know some kind of consequences but like you say he shoot when he signed that first deal with serious at sim it was a five-year 500 million dollar deal so if you're making a hundred million dollars a year just running your mouth they're gonna let you say whatever the fuck you want to say absolutely <laughs> you know i mean but they they paid you that money to say whatever the fuck you want to say absolutely. they want you to be as because you got on there being outlandish so they want mm -hmm. you to to be even more outlandish because now you 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 making a hundred million dollars a year which absolutely. is absolutely crazy amount of money it i just want one percent <laughs> Give me one percent of that. I'll, I'll, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine with that a year. Give me one percent of that. Point one percent. Point one. Yeah, I take that. I'm great. Like, <laughs> shit. Give me a hundred k out of out of that hundred million. <laughs> Are you able to just podcast at this point? If you chose to. Well, I, I have different avenues of, you know, income. Uh, I would love to just. Just do podcasts because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm almost at that that goal there. Uh, still got a few more steps. I'm in the room. I'm at the table. I would like to eventually just focus on podcasting, but I also DJ. Um, uh, like I said, I host TV shows, uh, make appearances and everything, and endorse products too. So you got to have a brand along with podcasting right now unless you howard stern or you know anybody else that's getting those deep pockets or that corporate money <laughs> man I, I look i need your your tutorial because i have not made one red nickel don't people don't make money in this industry people don't make money in the entertainment industry in general as a a whole unless you get that deal or I don't think investor. that people are teaching other people legitimately how to make money. Because the people right. that are making money are making money. Yes. And then there's the rest of us that have not figured out. Like, because there's people that that's been doing it for six months. And somehow they got sponsorships up the wazoo. They got mm -hmm. 12 people listening. Like, there's nothing that differentiates them from anyone else except their ability to negotiate right. which I, I i don't know how these people are doing it but i see people doing it. it it as far as getting like uh uh sponsors did you come out the gate knowing how to do that or did was that something that was taught to you it was a lot of trial and error um when i first started really didn't know the approach to getting sponsors for my podcast. But once I had teamed up with the hype magazine, kind of 
got to learn the business side of of sponsorships and you know advertisement and so i was able to know how to maneuver myself through that and okay. along with the sponsorships and the advertisement getting products endorsing headphones or or clothing brands and so then able to flip that to where you know making money off of advertisement and stuff okay but yeah it's it, it could be tricky sometimes um some people they get lucky and, and get with the right investor or the or, or right company and they pour thousands and or millions of dollars into them and uh, like you say it's just people not teaching that enough it's all about resources like if you don't know the resources is out there mm-hmm. you know you don't you won't know how to use it and speaking of speaking of oops, speaking of brands that you're working with uh any plugs you want to do let the people know who you oh yeah i want to give a shout out to fit by culture uh they are clothing athletic apparel uh definitely a shout out to them uh i now have an endorsement deal with them and so i'm going to be doing content creation with them and got some more companies that uh have been hitting me up that i might be doing some endorsements for uh i'll go keep that nameless right now because i don't want to <laughs> talk it up and then don't get it <laughs> And we're trying to get them no free promo. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, you put the bag up, you know. Um, How long have you been with Fit by Culture, officially? Uh, It's been about a month now. Uh, I just got got a shipment in of of their apparel. So I'm actually going to be showing some content this weekend uh, for them and then getting it out probably sometime in the next week or two. Uh, So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, see, they got fit in their name. I think that kind of excludes me, but my fat ass. Uh, <laughs> it's never too late. It's never <laughs> too late. Never too late. I was forty two pounds. I was forty two pounds heavier about five months ago. Really? Um, yes, my wife and I we went on uh, on a weight loss uh, diet, and she lost almost thirty pounds, and I lost forty two. And so we're just trying to live a healthy life. Uh, Taking care of my dad his in his last couple of years, he was one of the toughest people I knew. And then to see him to lose all that weight and diminish because of health problems, that just motivated us to get healthier, try to eat better, and, and also exercise. So uh, that slowed us down from exercising when we, when we took him in. But we do a lot of hiking and stuff. We like being outside in nature. And now that I live down here in the Gulf Coast, like to go to the beach all the time. <laughs> oh my! But diet wise, like, what did y'all do that that was different? Well, you know, it's all about what you eat and stuff too. And so we had uh, start ordering for. Well, we've been ordering food from um, a company called Home Chef when they send you meals that you can prepare instead of eating all the big. Fatty meals, you know, all the carbs. Uh, they also have a, a healthier choice too. So, just started eating healthier, drinking a lot more water, being outside. Uh, we was able to do that more after my pops had passed. Mm-hmm. So we we had more free time to, to try to get back in shape. And well, you know, and 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 stress definitely makes you lose weight. You know. Yes. Um, it also make you eat too, though. You know, you know what? I, 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 it go. It can go either way. 
<laughs> it, you know, everybody like I used to smoke, mm-hmm. and I used to smoke cigarettes a lot. Then I had a whole heart attack, so I just quit, and I replaced that with eating. Now I'm fat as fuck, and I just can't seem to like make it a, a healthy. You know, like there's got to be an alt, a, a, a way that I can trick my brain into using some healthy alternative to relieve my stress. Yes. It, How do you it, do that? It's very hard. You, you know, they say mind over matter. It, it really, it's really, you really have to be dedicated to doing it. But it's hard because you don't want to let go of those foods that you love so much. Like me, uh-huh. I love carbs. I love bread and spaghetti and <laughs> hamburgers. Oh. But I had to... <laughs> I had to let that stuff go, but I do eat it maybe once a week or whatever. And see, that's my problem. Like I'll be, you know, I'll be doing good and I'll say, you know what? I'm going to reward myself. And that reward turns into a gluttonous ass marathon of disgusting. It don't take but one time. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like you can't, you can't tell a crackhead when you can smoke one rock a week. Right. That's me. Like, I can't eat just one hamburger a week. Like, that one hamburger turns into 12 hamburgers and 16 tacos. Yes. (laughs) Very easy. It's very easy. What's the goal for you for the next five to 10 years, business wise? And I'm sorry. I mean, you're fine. Five to 10 years. Well, I do have an announcement I want to make, too, uh, within that. Uh, Five to 10 years, I definitely would like to continue what I'm doing now and as my platform continues to grow hopefully be on a major network uh, maybe taking over for Steve Harvey or you know do, doing some things uh, on that spectrum there mm-hmm. as far as I was uh, now I want to I want to host a game show and and have a, a talk show on a, ne- a major network and so that's basically what I'm looking forward to. But now um, I, I have an announcement to make, too. So it's kind of going to kind of change the projection of that question. I have been named the CEO of Real Life Music. Um, Knott's Bun was the CEO of, of that record label. So now I will be taking over and running that, lab- that record label. We have over 100 artists that's under the Real Life Music. And so I have that on my plate, too, along with running the Next Level DJ Coalition, working with the Hype Magazine, and doing my stuff with Two Factor Media, and once a month gig with uh, TMZ Live. So I'm all all over the place, which is pretty much how I work in a way. (laughs) Yo, real life music sounds so familiar. I don't know if it's the same record company that Esham used to be on. I don't know. Way don't back know. in the day, a rapper out of Detroit. And he's still, he's still, still doing his thing. But it might be. He was on. We have Trill Wheel. Mm-hmm. We had Trill Wheel sign and Pete Gutter. Really? Yes. So what's next for real life music then? Now that you, now that you the guy. Diversity. <laughs> well, I just I, I, I like the artists that we have, but I do want to incorporate artists from different genres because music is the universal language and why not have people from different genres a part of your record label 
uh, that shares the same vision and goal and also want to make a living from it. So that's the mentality that I'm going to go mm-hmm. into it. And I will probably be fully in that role in about a month or two Okay, uh, as I, you know, get my feet wet and, and, and learn the ropes there. But mm-hmm. I definitely look forward to it. I accept the challenge. And that's basically how I want to, want to do it. Just have uh, a catalog of diversity, integrated music for everybody that can enjoy. If you like hip hop, pop, rock, reggae, Afro beats, whatever, I want to be able to offer that to everyone. Okay, so hip hop has not had a number one album this year. Is that the new norm for hip hop? And, and and why do you think that's so? It's not the new norm, but I think that the consumer is now want to see more art out of the hip hop genre mm-hmm. versus everybody doing the same thing, everybody trying to sound the same, the music sound the same. And I think the only way you can affect change is hurt people's pockets. And so if you can't, if you don't have the number one record or anything, that would even make the artists be like, man, what are we doing that's not allowing us to be number one? And so you got to take it back to the art. And I feel like with us celebrating the 50th year of hip hop, which the official day will be tomorrow, August the 11th, people is taking it back to the roots, taking it back to the art of being an artist instead of just taking the bag and you just doing what corporate corporate America is asking you to do in your, in your rhymes and stuff. And so I feel like it was a wake up call because mm-hmm. hip hop has been the number one genre for many years worldwide yeah. and it's still growing, but not to have that number one record that's challenging people. And that's a good thing when you feel like you challenge and you can make a change. And so I feel like the artist is going to evolve in 2024 to where it used to be. Uh, you're going to have more of what we call the storytelling uh, rap and everything uh-huh. that you'll be hearing on, on mainstream radio versus the, the, the drill rap or the trap, trap rap and stuff. So it's just all about just taking it, just scaling it back down to the art and then, you know, you can still make great music that way too. I love drill music. Yeah. yeah I, 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 <laughs> the beats and stuff. I like somebody, you know, I'll be like, yeah, I, I know. I mean, I understand what they're saying and stuff, but yeah, I shouldn't like it. I shouldn't, <laughs> I, I shouldn't have liked NWA either though. I know. It, shoot. I was like 10 years old. And see, my parents would buy me the album but then they want me to play it in the house. <laughs> I, that was that was weird. I mean, like they would actually give me the money or take me to the record store to buy it, and then don't be playing that loud. Oh, see that you bought they, it for they, me. They, they didn't know. They didn't listen to it before they bought it for you. Right. They did. And then once they heard it, they like, oh fuck, we didn't. Oh wow, who let him buy this? Well, sweetie, you did. Oh shit. Now I don't want to listen to this. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay, so with your kids, who who are, are you the same way? Not necessarily that you're buying the album, but are you saying no? I don't want you listening to this. I'll be questioning them sometimes, just like how my parents uh, did me. I asked them why they listened to that. Oh, 
what you get out of listening to their music. But I mostly let them, you know, make their choice of what they want to listen to. But if I hear, I I will, will definitely say something like, why are you listening to that? Just to hear their perspective or why they listening to it. Uh, you know, our music is not good music, even though we listen to it, we bop to it, dance to it, but they could be talking about killing everybody and doing yeah. all. But we in that in the club. <laughs> Yo, I, I seen uh, I seen a video the other day. Uh, these motherfuckers in the church, and it was like a drill beat. Dude had his shirt <laughs> off. Um, they was talking about the Lord. Right, they had a smoke machine, and, and he he had a posse behind him. It was like five or six dudes. Like, like it was crazy. Like it was everything but killing. <laughs> right. Which, to be honest, there's not the religion has caused more death than anything else. Yeah. So if you want, you know, like like, is it okay to say that you know? David David put hands on Goliath. Not necessarily that he did, but he put that work in. He bodied him. Right. Like, it, like at what point, you know, like, like, is it fair to make that assessment, like, in hip-hop of religion? Well, you'd always consider religion spiritual politics in a way. We let the, we allow the human element to come in and try to dictate what you feel is right or wrong and most of the time or all the time you leading people the wrong way <laughs> with, with with religion or whatever um hip-hop you know hip-hop has been a big part of my life um mm -hmm. we had this conversation on dj dance party that you listen to, even not with just hip-hop but just music in general you listen to a song it could, it could take you back to a specific time yeah and it's just vivid like you could just like remember it was like yesterday yeah when you hear a song you're like oh man i remember hearing that when i was 12 in chicago and i was doing this and that and and, and it just clear as day man and it's, it's i like i like the i like hip-hop because it is one of the rarest forms of expression in music like it comes from the soul even though it doesn't matter where you come from. If you, you know, you born, you uh, born in poverty, or you born in the middle class, or whatever. Everybody has a story to tell, and that's what I like about the true essence of hip hop, that you are able to express yourself with it. Yo, did you hear the Melly Mel diss of Eminem? No, I did not, but I I have heard the chatter about it. <laughs> I haven't uh, actually heard, listened to it myself, Bruh. He need to fire everybody with ears around him. <laughs> I'm just I, can, I can imagine. I can. It's some sometimes it's bad, bro. It's, I don't even know how to put it any other way, man. It's just bad. Okay, so so since we on hip hop, who's your top five? My top five. Whew. Well, you know, be listening to hip hop in the nineties. Okay. I, 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 I ain't saying top five, but today I'm top five. Who you got? 
Hey, you know I'm going to put Pac and Biggie, one or two, whatever order you want to put them in. Never understood the Biggie argument, but I... I love Biggie because he was when he when he rhymed a rap he he was on top of the beat he wrote the beat like kind of like Rick Ross the way Rick okay. Ross the way he he's on top of the beat and like he sounds good with anything he just know the right key or the right part of the beat to you know uh, express himself on um, I definitely like those two guys uh, Tupac just. You know, I was a big Tupac fan in high school, and so I, I listened to him all the time. Uh, number three, uh, see, three, four, five get kind of blurry there. <laughs> <laughs> like I like, like I love Lil Wayne. Okay, uh, I think Lil Wayne is one of the goats. Like I would agree. I mean, he he started off at fourteen years old and. You see what he's doing now? He's still still yeah. very consistent. Yeah. In, in 30, he's 30 years in the game, 30 yeah. plus. Yes, yes. And I like LL just because I feel like LL has been consistent his entire career. And he has not, not just rapping, but he has turned himself into a brand to where, you know, he does television shows. And uh, he's probably one of the first ones to actually be able to transition to doing media and, and and doing tv versus just doing hip-hop all the time okay. I, I just put him in the top five because of that because of the transition of him from from uh music to television that, okay. that's that night and day and for him to be to be consistent in music and in television i definitely had to put him in the top five and probably jay-z or Nas five and five a. Um, now you know they're gonna kill you down south, bro. Oh yeah, I know. It's mm-hmm. cool. Ain't no Scarface, no Andre three thousand. I I put them. They in the top ten. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Rakim, Rakim. I had nothing to do with his his answers <laughs> at all. Scarface is one of my top five. I'm just. <laughs> I put Rakim in the in the top ten. I would definitely give him LL spot. Yeah, actually, yeah. I would. I would probably give uh, Scarface. And, and I take that back. You did have Lil Wayne, so that that saved you for down south. Yes. Uh, <laughs> my only thing with Biggie is not the talent; it's just the the lack of work, which is not his fault. Right. But like, I can't. I just can't see somebody like going to the NBA and having. The two best seasons in the history of the NBA. Yeah. And that's almost it. like a shooting star. Just a shooting star that just yeah. went across the sky and then just Yeah. I gotta, you know, I got I, I gotta judge you the same as I'm gonna judge everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um it's not your fault that you met your untimely demise, but it is what it is. That's what happened. Um so like I would give him an asterisk. Right. Because the talent is there. You know, but uh, yeah, Scarface definitely got to be there for me. Like, I fucks with your top five though. Like, I can't be mad. It's nobody where I'm like, okay, bro, that's just outlandish. You know, yeah, like, I, that's why I, I say it was kind of blurry. Like, it's interchangeable. It can change tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. You know what? I think all of us have like probably two spots that are interchangeable based on mood. Yes. You know, like like today, like Rakim, Rakim changed 
the narrative of emceeing. Probably unlike any other MC. Yes. But, you know, like if we be honest, he didn't have, he had maybe one classic album. Like, I'm not going to give Follow the Leader classic status. Like, it had a couple of songs on there that were really dope. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of skippable shit on there, too. You know, but. Now, as far he, as groups, Outkast, UGK. Oh, okay. <laughs> Although, I, like, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say UGK. Outkast, abs, ab, Outkast, for me, Outkast and Bone are probably my top one and one A. Yeah, I, I I I mess with Bone, NWA. I, oh, I definitely miss, NWA. Yes, you know Tribe Called Quest. Yes, definitely yes. have to be there. Uh, Absolutely. A lot of people would say Wu Tang, but for me, Wu Tang only had thirty six chambers. Like the rest of that shit was just right. <laughs> I agree. I agree on that too. Yeah, I, uh, you know, and I know uh, my people in New York is well. They already know, man. Uh, yeah, but they just didn't have, you know, Thirty Six Chambers is one of the best albums ever. I agree. Com- I, I still play that to this day. <laughs> and they, and for me, they completely fell off the, the the cliff after that. You know, all the internal strife and everybody want to do their own thing. You could tell right. it definitely had an effect on them. Um, Absolutely. Jeez. I'm thinking, trying to think who else, like, as far as groups would be. Ooh, I don't know. I mean, Run DMC, just because just I feel like I got to put Run DMC there. Yeah, you have to. Just because of, you know, the legacy and the impact and them kicking down the doors for everybody else. Uh, but again, they, you know, like. Do they have? I don't even know if Run DMC has a, a a classic album. Maybe Run DMC. Raising Hell. Raising Hell is probably a classic album for them. Oh yes. Yeah, I would give them. I would give them Raising Hell. But other than that, I don't know that they have. Like Tribes got probably at least two classic albums. People's. Uh, uh, what was the one after People's? Uh, uh. Actually, I want to say they got three. I just can't remember mm-hmm. the the. the the names of the other two. I love Goody Mob too. <clears throat> Goody Mob is fire. But I don't know if Goody Mob now, you know the Soul Food album, that was a classic. Like Yeah. I let I, I let that whole album play play through. I think Outcast is their biggest problem. I think Outcast is so far ahead of them. Yes. But they're in the same camp. And right. I think that they don't get the the shine that they should get for that reason. I um, think so, too. I'm trying to think. I agree I, with you on that. Yeah, and I already said Bone. Yeah, what is that? Bone, let's see. Uh, what did we say? Outcast, Tribe, Bone, uh, uh, Run DLC, and, and, and yeah, I, I, you know, I could, and NWA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I did that Goody Mob wouldn't be top five, but I, Goody Mob would be top ten. And okay. Goody Mob was saying shit that was like, 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 made you think. <laughs> it still made you think about some things, right? I and, go back and listen to. It. Oh my god, man! They were saying shit that to this day, like cell therapy, 
Yes. Hella, re- hella relevant. Um, am I bad? I, I ain't gonna keep you too long, bro. Um, is there anything that you wanted to say? Uh, shout outs or whatever you wanted to to anybody in the stratosphere. I just want to say I'm, I'm just happy to be here in this present moment with you. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, I just just so happy and blessed to be part of the culture of hip hop and the radio world, just media in general. And it has taught me a lot. And then you meet people from all different spectrums when you work in the entertainment industry. So a lot of things that happens or or the way people are, it doesn't shock me because you work in entertainment, you see it all. (laughs) You see everything, you know. But it has taught me a lot. And I have learned that everything is a process. And you just had to be patient in just how you maneuver yourself. I definitely want to give a shout out to uh, Two Factor Media, um, everybody that's part of the nonprofit organization, uh, the Hype Magazine, uh, Next Level DJ Coalition, DigiWax. We didn't talk about DigiWax. I'm sorry. We got to talk about DigiWax before you go. Absolutely. Is that part of the, the umbrella of everything else or is that a separate entity? How did you get involved with DigiWax? It's kind of uh, um, under the umbrella. Uh, Next level DJ coalition and DigiWax, or had uh, we have a partnership. Okay. Uh, you know, DigiWax is uh, the largest record pool in the country, and uh, always rolling out new music. And we also have a Zoom call called DigiWax New Music Wednesdays, where we interview mainstream artists, the major artists, to break music. And we have DJs from all over the world that's on that call. It is a great platform to be on. And it's free. It's a free record pool. Mm-hmm. Only thing you have to do, you can sign up for free. And only thing you have to do is comment on whatever song you're going to download. You get Because, we, of course, we welcome feedback. And you are able to download. It's free of charge. But then, of course, we have premium services uh, if you want to have your music loaded to the radio station or be part of the Zoom call. Uh, DigiWax is ran by CL out of New York. Uh, definitely a shout out to him. And we are working more exclusively since I have taken over as president of Next Level, along with Money Matt from Stop Beefing Radio, Legend. He's with DigiWax and also Sincere. She's uh, our PR and she also worked with the Hype Magazine, too. So it's kind of everything is like under one umbrella. It's an extension okay. of each okay. other. Yeah, it's, so it's like one big family. Everybody have their own brand, but then we come together and, we, and you know, we work. So I definitely want to give a shout out to DigiWax. Definitely a shout out to you and everything that you have going on. I'll definitely shout out to Johnny O. Johnny O, he's that's the OG, guy. man. Yeah, that's my guy. That, like, that's the triple OG. Yes, I've been knowing him for quite a while, and you know, I I used to be part of Nerve DJs as well. So you know, definitely shout out to everybody that's part of Nerve DJs. They got a Zoom um, call too on Tuesdays. Yes, absolutely, there. absolutely. I have been on been on those a few times as Time well. Big Health DJ Squirt. Yes, T Rex. Yes, whole family. Yes, DJ Punch. Uh, DJ Manny Faces. DJ Head Rush. 
uh raymond t radio raymond t yeah everybody that's part of these conference calls that we have because we are here to break music and it's a great way to break music and also network with other djs man like it, it like like it that's the part that i really enjoy is is you know because i've been on both conference calls mm-hmm. um and i just you know i'm not a dj i just run my mouth on the show but uh, it has opened up so many doors for me man and so and Absolutely. i want to thank you personally as well as dj johnny o um the nerd djs you know like just just welcome me with open arms so I, i'll be forever grateful for that um and and did you wax man love 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 the zoom calls with y'all too um and it's just a beautiful thing to see um people come together like that absolutely it's a great time sometimes yeah. we're on the call up to about eight hours <laughs> yeah man i'm having to tap out like bro <laughs> Like, bro, I got to work in the morning. I don't know what the fuck y'all doing, but I got to go. Like, right. It's a long hours on those You know, I got to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. I can't do it. But right. y'all, y'all, yeah, y'all be good, man. Absolutely. Just and the talent work. that y'all have on, on you know, like the, y'all and Nerve DJ, the talent that each each collective displays on a weekly basis is. Right. You never know who's going to pop in. Yo, this is crazy. I got a drop from Wiz Khalifa. Yes, I did cr- too. Yes. Although, he, he, I don't know why he used my government name. I'm like, bro, no, no, I can't use that. <laughs> but I'm not about to ask Wiz Khalifa for it. You screwed the drop up. Can you do another one? And you know, right. you know, but it was just dope hearing Wiz Khalifa say my name, to be quite honest. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah man like so it's it's a beautiful thing man um i don't want to thank you like tremendously bro like uh and first bro like i don't think i've ever seen anybody as like your promotion game bro jesus christ like man like yeah, I'm your, shit, all day. <laughs> your shit is a whole nother level and i respect that immensely and get I, this I, none of it's automated I'm doing all that manually. So when you see me posting, I'm actually on my phone or computer. Yo, like I understand your success. I really do. Um, I'm one of those up early in the morning people, and every person that I've come across that's successful is up earlier than I am. Yeah, I get up pretty early too. Yeah, there's a reason for that. Um, <laughs> on that note, man, I want to say thank you. I truly, truly, truly appreciate you for coming on the show. And if there's anything ever at, at all that I can do for you, don't hesitate to let me know. Absolutely. Likewise. Likewise. I had to get you on DJ Dance Party. Let me know, bro. I'm there. We'll make it happen. Wednesday nights. I'm going to inbox you my number after we after we uh, shut it down. Well, okay. In, in a minute. Because, uh, man, yo, this was fucking dope, too. I'm, I know you don't curse, man. I'm horrible. I can't help it, man. I do when I'm mad. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I, I curse in my dreams. Like, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm bad. Yeah. No, I like know my mama. Rest in peace. Because my mama cursed like a sailor. <laughs> Who love love Lorraine, though, man. Um, yeah. Shout out to you, Ma. On that note, bro, uh, you're welcome here anytime. Like I said, anything I can do for you, just say the word. And I got you, bro. I appreciate it, man. God bless to you and your family, man. Keep on doing what you are doing you're doing great things i appreciate that man you have a good one bro all right you too
Yo, and this is Jobs, and you have tuned into another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio. And yo, man, if let, let me make sure I get all this right. Make sure you tap into Two Factor Media, the Hype Magazine, Next Level DJ Coalition, Coalition. Uh, go cop some shit for Fit by Fit by Culture official. Um, real life music. Go check that out. And anything that T Rex puts his hands on, touch it. it that he is he's got the Midas touch. Um so reach out to the brother that's T E E R E C X. Check him out. Uh look him up on IG, follow him, whatever you need to do. Um and shout out to the home team too, man. Shout out to DJ Johnny O. Gotta show that love there. Uh Big Health looks good. Salute to you. Uh T Rex and DJ Squirt, man. Always, always appreciative. Um, on that note, man, y'all have a good one. I'll be back in a few minutes. I got, I got another fire one with Kamel Hassan. Um, and if you have not heard of that brother, then you, you, you are under a rock and you are in comatose. Anyway, this is Jobs. I'm out.